Welcome to New Life with Adam Camp. This podcast is a ministry of Rosemont Baptist Church in LaGrange, Georgia. Please visit us on the web at rosemontchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Well, good morning, Rosemont family. We are so excited about what God has prepared for us this morning as we continue in our Connect, Grow, Serve series. And today we're talking about the spiritual disciplines as we're really in on growing in our faith and our understanding of God's Word. And so if you haven't already, I want to invite you after the service today, stop by the Connect desk and pick up your copy of your Grow book so you can have this at home to be able to continue to work through this devotional together as a family or just by yourself, whatever it may be. I want to let you know about a couple exciting things that we have coming up here at Rosemont for you to be a part of. November 2nd, we are partnering with the Sleep and Heavenly Peace Ministry, and they're going to be on campus. And so we need Rosemont workers to build and people to donate towards making beds, whether that be materials, labor, or taking it to the families. And so we're going to be asking for donations of twin bed sheets and bedding kits and just have your time to be here that morning and helping us assemble these beds and get them delivered. If you were a part of this same build experience at Sweetland a couple of months ago, you know exactly what this is about and how impactful this ministry is to our families all over, but especially here in LaGrange. So we're excited about bringing this opportunity right here to Rosemont and we hope you'll join in. On Wednesday, October 30th, we're gonna be hosting our trunk retreat. We are super excited about doing that. It was a great time last year as we host children within our church and just allow them to have a safe and fun environment, a place to be reached and a place to engage and a place just to have fun. I love this so much that I've asked our student ministry for the second year in a row to try to beat the adults to provide the most awesome trunk possible. And the winning trunk for our student ministry gets a $100 gas card. I think that's pretty incredible. And so adults, I hope that you're ready to step your game up. Last year, our students blew it out of the water with the mystery machine. It was great. And so I'm excited about seeing what you can come up with, but we also need candy, right? We need candy. We're gonna ask people to provide their own candy, but when that candy runs out, we wanna be able to go to them and give them some more. And so if you could bring some candy to the church, or sign up to be a trunk, whatever the case may be. If you go to Connect Desk today, we have a sheet for you if you'll sign up to be one of those vehicles come October 30th. Also, don't forget, Adam has challenged us as a church to be working on memorizing John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. We're super excited about that. We've had a lot of great conversations with you about ways you're doing that creatively in your own house with your family, some students that are doing it, and really stepping up to the plate. Can't wait to do that as a church come Christmas Eve, but don't forget to download the Bible Memory app. It's been really helpful for me. I hope it's really helpful for you. Again, we want to thank you so much for making it a point to be here this morning to worship a risen Savior. If it's your first time with us at Rosemont this morning, I want to invite you after service to find a member of our Connect team or go to the Connect desk. 
You'll see a QR code on a banner or with one of the team members on their lanyard. Just pull up your smartphone camera, put it up to the banner, tap the drop down menu, and you'll fill out that information. That'll come to us as a staff and we'll be able to connect with you and your family and figure out how we can love you and serve you just a little bit better. As we seek to grow in our faith and understanding of God's word this morning, we hope that you'll connect to Jesus and his church in a new and powerful way. Stand with us as we worship together.
be seated. Take your Bibles this morning and open to Matthew chapter 6. I threw all of you for a loop right there, didn't I? Take your Bibles, open to Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to explain to you what's going on here in just a second. If you don't have your Bibles with you or you don't have one, there's one in the seat in front of where you're sitting. It's a black, hardbound book. You take that out. You can open up to Matthew chapter 6, which is page 811. We'd love for you to join with us this morning. And as you're finding Matthew chapter 6, let me pray for us very quickly. Father, we thank you for this day, for this opportunity to sing and to praise your name and to study your word. Father, just invade our hearts right now with your truth. Lord, may we learn from you, may we hear from you, may we be challenged in our understanding, may we love you more and desire to serve you even more, and Father, may we be transformed more and more into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray, amen. We are continuing our study this morning, the sermon series we've entitled Defining Us, Connect, Grow, Serve, and it's a little bit different this morning. I'm going to kind of explain why we're doing things differently and kind of give you a little bit of a heads up on the order of service, but I want to read for you again before we get too far in our vision statement. We started this series several weeks ago, and we're kind of casting this vision to our people that this would kind of become the DNA of who we are, the heartbeat of who we are, how we function, how we live, how we think. So let's pull that up if we could, and let's look at it together. We're asking you, and we want you as a church to connect to Jesus and his church, grow in faith and understanding of God's word, and serve Jesus here and around the world. And so I started the first five weeks by talking about connecting to Jesus. The second five, which we started just a couple of weeks ago, grow in faith and understanding of God's word. And as part of that middle section, we've encouraged you to memorize John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. Now we, up to this point, have been talking about that every week. And in fact, last week I gave you the scripture and we practiced it. We're not going to do it this week. We're going to give you a week off. But I'm going to go and give you a heads up. Next Sunday morning, we're going to have it on the screen. It's going to be John chapter 1, verses 6 through 10, okay? So if you're not already to 6, you need to pick your game up a little bit. You've got the rest of this week to memorize the first five, and I know a lot of you have been working on that. I've had a lot of fun conversations with people and interaction with you about that, but this is a big deal for our church. And so I want to encourage you that you can do this, challenge you in your faith a little bit, that you would just struggle through this memorization. It's not going to be easy. We probably don't have enough time to do it. We're going to do it anyway, okay? So work through that, and we'll practice it again next week. Now, this morning is all about prayer. And if you came in this morning, you probably noticed that we were late in the first service. And we were late in the first service, praise the Lord, not because I went over and talked too much, but because we spent a lot of time in prayer, we just started thinking about the idea of prayer, and we started thinking about the idea of teaching about prayer this morning, and we decided instead of me just talking the whole time and, and teaching you what prayer is, I'm going to do some of that this morning. We really wanted to spend a lot more time in our service actually praying. And so I'm really excited this morning that we have our prayer team with us, and some of you may not have even known that we have a prayer team, but we've got a prayer team. John and Peggy Christian lead that for us. They meet every Wednesday night during the Deep Roots time, and they spend time in prayer and planning. They've got a, a, a great, very passionate vision for this prayer team. And what they want to do is increase the number of people that are praying. And the way they want to do it is they want to really challenge our people that enough people would sign up to be part of this prayer team that during every service, 830, 945, and 11, we would have a group of people in the back that are praying constantly throughout that entire service. I think that's an incredible vision. 
I would love to see our church do that. You know, Jesus teaches that this should be called a house of prayer. And so we've given you something this morning. Hopefully you've already received this. If not, we have them at the doors. It's a little sheet that says pray without ceasing. And then on the back of it is kind of the vision for this prayer ministry. You can read this on your own. It's got John and Peggy's phone numbers at the bottom. But the important part about it, other than their vision, is that there's a little perforation at the bottom. You can tear that off. Fill it out. Take it out to our connect desk this morning. There's a prayer table they've set out specifically for this morning. People on our prayer team will be manning that. You can sign up for it. I want to be very clear. If you sign up for this prayer team, you're not signing up to stand in front of the people and pray necessarily. Okay, if the Lord leads us to do that, we'll do it. But I don't want you to feel nervous that I'm going to pull this sheet out next week and go, Okay, uh, Susie, Frank, come on down. Let's pray this morning, please. We're not going to ask you to do that. We are going to ask you, though, to stand in the back at certain times and pray quietly, oftentimes pray silently as we're meeting and as we're preaching and as we're singing. So I just want to encourage you to be part of that team. What if every person in Rosemont signed up for that, John? How cool would that be? What if we didn't have a big enough room for the people that were praying for the server? What if more people wanted to pray than wanted to listen to me preach? I would be happy about that. I would be overjoyed if I knew you would rather pray the entire service than hear me preach. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Nothing would be greater for our church than if our people took this seriously. And if they really were interested in praying and pouring out their hearts to the Lord. So with the idea of prayer this morning, we're going to examine Matthew chapter 6, Sermon on the Mount. Jesus teaches the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And instead of me teaching all the way through it this morning... I'm going to teach a little section. One of the prayer team is going to come up and model it for us. I'm going to preach another little section. A prayer team is going to come up and model it. So throughout the service, they're going to be coming up and modeling what we're learning. And the hope this morning is that you walk away being equipped with a model, with a tool that you can take with you and use it in your own prayer life. I had a dear sweet lady at the end of the 830 service come down to me and she said, you know, I've always kind of muddled through my prayers and I wasn't quite certain about how to pray. And she said, I stumbled upon this model. And this is not a brand new model. We didn't invent the wheel here. This has been used for a number of years by a lot of people. But so many people are unaware of it. She said, I stumbled upon the model you preached about this morning a couple of months ago. And she said, it's really changed my prayer life. It's given me an understanding of how I need to pray and a model by which to do it. So let's take a look this morning. Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6. We're going to begin in verse 5. And then really focus on verses 9 through 15. We have it on the screen for you as well. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 5. The words of Jesus. And when you pray, and let me just go ahead and pause for a second. Jesus is going to say this in the first three verses we're going to read this morning. Not if you pray. Not only when the prayer team is praying. Not only when the most spiritual among you are praying. But when you pray, and so in as much love as you can muster in your hearts, this is Jesus poking you in the chest. When you pray. Not when your spouse prays, or your friend prays, or your Sunday school teacher prays. It's just when you pray. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For those who stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, that they may be seen by others... 
Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, there it is again, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Verse 7, for the third time now, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Right? It's not just about repeating a bunch of things. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Now verse 9. Pray then like this. Here's the model. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And so I want to introduce to you, and some of you have probably seen this before, but I want to introduce to you a very simple model. A very simple model you can use in your prayer, and then we're going to work through this together and see it modeled out for us from our prayer team. It's the ACTS model. We have it on the screen for us. A-C-T-S, and every word stands for something. Adoration is A, confession is C, thanksgiving is T, supplication is S. This is a very simple model. And so when you pray, you begin by praying a prayer of adoration, Then you move into confession, then you move into thanksgiving, then you move into supplication. So I want to think this morning, first of all, about the A. The first point I want you to see this morning is our prayer should begin with an adoration of God and His holiness. Now this is foundational to our prayers because I want you to notice what Jesus says here when He begins the prayer. Pray like this in verse 9, our Father in heaven Hallowed be your name. Now, Father has a very important connotation in the original Greek here. It doesn't just mean a a, a position or a figurehead. The way Jesus uses this, he's talking about a deep, intimate, close relationship with the Father. Now, I want to say to you, I think this is a mistake that a lot of people make in their prayers. And here's what it is. I think far too many people see prayer as an opportunity to simply let the Lord know what we need Him to do in our life. So I want to make a statement for you, and then I want to kind of think through it a little bit together based on this scripture and based on this truth and this model. Here's the statement. Prayer is not... Prayer is not about giving God your to-do list. Instead, prayer is about a relationship with the Father. Let me say that again. Prayer is not about giving the Lord a to-do list. And to be very clear, we're going to get there in a minute. There is a moment in our prayer where we ask the Lord to work. But prayer is not about a to-do list with the Father. Instead, it's about a deep, intimate personal relationship with him. Now, you want to kind of blow your mind and your thinking and your understanding? If you want to kind of just kind of open your eyes a little bit uh, to to the truth of Scripture, look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 8. Pull verse 8 back up, if you would, because I want you to see this. Right? Jesus says, verse 8, Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. I was like, well, I, I thought that was what my prayer was for. 
Like I thought my whole prayer was to, was to give him this list because he didn't really know what was going on. And he hadn't seen that guy work. He doesn't know what that guy's doing. Or he hadn't seen my spouse. He doesn't know how she's treating me. He hadn't seen my kids. Has he seen my kids? If he'd seen my kids, he would know. He doesn't know these things. And so I've got to give him this to-do list. Jesus says, listen, he already knows. Fascinating. You, you ought to let that rattle around in your heart and mind a little bit this week. If Jesus already knows, if the Lord already knows what you're going to ask him, it's not really about telling him what you need him to do. Instead, it's about relationship with him, a time just to pray, to love him, to fall at his feet. But imagine you had a good friend, and your friend called you every day, and as soon as the conversation started, your friend just kind of let you know what you needed to do to help him or her out. Like you answer the phone, hello, hey, listen, do you mind running by the store and picking me up some milk and dropping it by the house? I'm late for work. I don't have time to do it. And when you're done, do you mind picking my kids up and taking them to the ball? And when I'm done, listen, I need some help this weekend uh, cutting my grass. Can you stop by the house Saturday morning about 9? On and on the list goes. And then as soon as he's finished telling you what he needs, I'll talk to you later and hangs the phone up. Now, the first two or three times, we're good people and we're kind and we might be willing to help our friend out. But after three or four times of them just calling us and telling us what they need, that would get pretty old, wouldn't it? I mean, most of us would kind of get fed up with that, right? Because we have friends because we like relationships and we like to talk to them and maybe go do things with them. We don't need them just to download in our life their to-do list for us on a daily basis. Imagine how how the Lord must feel when we kind of call him up in prayer and all we do is just read off our to-do list. Like we jump right in with what we need. Do these things for me, Father. Fix this. Work in this person's heart. Do this. Thanks, Lord. I'll check with you tomorrow to see how you're doing. And that's the end of it. That's not how Christ teaches us. Christ says, listen, instead begin with this idea of adoration. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Here's the point. This is very important for us to understand. When we begin with an idea of adoration... The holiness and the glory and the power and the majesty of the Lord. It puts our spirit in the right frame of mind. It puts us in the right perspective that he is God and we are not. We should begin our prayers with this very simple idea of adoration. God, we recognize you. We know your glory. We know your power. We know your majesty. We know your holiness. I would encourage you, and I've done this before. I would encourage you, if you have time to do this in your prayer, just sit and begin. And this is where journaling can come in. I know it's weird for some people. They don't necessarily journal, and I'm not telling you you need to do it all the time. But it'd be good for you every now and then in your time of prayer to journal and begin with this idea of adoration. Just write down as you pray as many things as you can about the Lord. He's holy. He's glorious. He's all-powerful. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And just see how far the Lord will take your mind as you express your adoration to him. So here's what we're going to do. We didn't want to just preach about it and talk about it. We wanted you to see it. And so our praise team, who's going to remain up here the whole service, is going to sing for us now a song of adoration. And as soon as they're done, in just a minute, Lee Laster, who's on our prayer team, Lee, as soon as they're finished singing, he's going to come up and he's going to model for us a prayer of adoration. Let's stand and sing together.
Oh, our Father, who art in heaven, holy be your name. We know the book of Revelation tells us that the angels sit around your throne singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. You chose us, Lord. We did not choose you. You chose us, Father. Out of your abundant grace, you spoke creation into existence where there was nothing. You made it all through your words. And your words are what will endure forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will endure forever. Your word is what is the what binds you, Father. You are bound to your word. You are the God of truth because you must follow your word. You are not capable of lies. You must follow your word, and that makes you a holy and just God, Father. You are the God of Abraham of the Old Testament and Isaac. You are the God of Moses that led them out of Israel, Father, out of Egypt, Father. But yet you are the same God that leads us today. You do not change. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You, God, are with us today. We do not serve a God that is far, far away in a in a heaven that's far, far away, but yet we serve a God that is right here with us each and every step of the way. You inhabit the praises of your people. You are the one that has come to us and said that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You have chosen your people. You have chosen your people and you live with us and you lead and guide us on a daily basis. You are all powerful. You are all knowing. You are all kindness and compassion. And the Bible says you are love. And we worship you, Father, because you are worthy to be worshipped. We praise and adore you today because you are worthy to be praised. My heart is set on you today, Father. You give us peace in the hard times. You are our provider. The book of Malachi says that you have storehouses in heaven that overflow to fill our needs, Lord. You are our healer. When we have we have seen it countless times in this church. When there has come an illness upon us, we gather together and pray for that person and you are the healer we have doctors and we have medications but you are the healer without you nothing would be healed you are our protector you are our guide you are our leader you are the light into our path and most clearly lord you have given us your son jesus christ who stepped out of perfection and came down to a world of imperfection and put on flesh, Father, and died for us so that we may not have to die forever, but that we may live and have life. You gave us your spirit, Lord. You gave us your spirit freely. No one made you do it, Father, but you gave us your spirit. I pray that this spirit would lead and guide us in this place and would 
constantly be a guide and a presence in this place. We love you, we adore you, and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Just a, a clear model for us as we try to think through this idea of adoration. Then the second thing we see this morning, the second part of that model, and again, you could, you could spend uh, hours <laughs> praying about adoration. right? Don't, don't just limit it. I, I think sometimes we go into prayer and we got five minutes and that's part of our problem when we're busy. Man, what if you just set aside some time to pray and you just wanted to spend a, a lot of time in adoration, just speaking truth to the Lord. You could pray through his scripture. You could pray through the Psalms that are filled with the idea of adoration. We should begin with a prayer of adoration. Here's the second truth. We should begin our prayers with adoration. And then secondly, we should pray a prayer of confession of our sins. We adore Christ. We adore his beauty and his holiness. Second is confession of our sins. I think this is an element of prayer that far too many people miss. Now, I want to be very clear about the idea of confession because I don't want there to be any confusion. right? We think that when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, that we pray this prayer of confession and that we ask him to forgive us of our sins and we are saved. And that is absolutely true. A major portion of salvation is confession of sins, repentance. But what we fail to understand as believers is that's not the last time we ever pray for a prayer of confession and repentance. In fact, what we see scripturally is that on a regular basis, we should pray that the Lord would forgive us. For example, Isaiah chapter 59 verse 2 says, Your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not here. So there's this idea as believers, we can be followers of Christ, we can be uh, secure in our salvation, and yet we can find ourselves in life sometimes heading down the wrong path. Right? Maybe you've uh, set aside Bible study or prayer or, or whatever that looks like in your life, and you haven't done that enough or lately, and you've kind of wandered from the things of the Lord. And what happens in our life is that unconfessed sin will separate us more and more from the will of our Father. And so what we see scripturally is that on a regular basis, not only should we pray a prayer of adoration, we should be praying a prayer of confession. Lord, I made a mistake today. I said this. I shouldn't have said I acted in a way I shouldn't have acted, right? And you say, how am I going to remember? Well, I don't know. But we ought to do the best we can to remember. We ought to do the best we can to pray. If the Lord puts something specific on your heart that you've done wrong today, a mistake you've made, that's a great opportunity to pray for that prayer. If you can't think of anything in particular, specifically just pray, Lord, I know I've probably made mistakes today. Forgive me. Make me mindful tomorrow so I don't make those same mistakes. We see great examples in Scripture of very godly people praying this idea of confession on a regular basis. One of the best examples and one of my kind of favorite Bible characters is David. David, the Bible says, was a man after God's own heart. And the reason I love David so much is because David made a royal mess oftentimes of his life. Like you want to talk about a guy who just dropped the ball and didn't do what he should do, that's David. 
And yet in the midst of his sin, in the midst of his mistakes, in the midst of his lustful thoughts, and in all the ways in which he treated people unfairly, in the midst of that, God still broke his heart and still opened up his eyes to his need for who Christ is and who God is in his life and this need for a Savior that David looked ahead to one day. He didn't know Jesus would be, but he knew he needed a Savior. And he prayed oftentimes prayers of confession, repentance. One of the best examples is Psalm 51. After David had been confronted about his affair with Bathsheba, here's his prayer. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sins. I think far too often in prayer we jump to what we need. We jump to our to-do list. We forget the importance of confessing our sins. We should adore the Lord first. We should confess him second. Now watch what this does, because this is going to lead us to the third one here in just a minute. When you begin your prayer by recognizing the power of the Lord and his glory, you go to the next step of your prayer by confessing your sins and saying, you are holy and perfect in glory. I am not. It reminds you in that moment of your prayer of your need for a Savior. And so even as you pray this model, you're mindful of Christ and the need you have in his life. And so we're going to sing a song of confession. And we're going to be mindful of that idea of confession. And then we're going to have Peggy Christian, one of our dear praise team members. Her and John head this up and have done a fantastic job. Peggy's going to come after our song. And she's going to model for us a prayer of confession. Why don't you stand with us as we sing together? Your hearts, let us not. 
Father, your word says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Father in heaven, I come to you with a broken heart, for I have fallen short in loving you and in loving my neighbor as I should. I confess that I have not loved you with all my heart and all my mind and all my strength, but I have loved myself more. Help me to die to self more and more each day as you shape me into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. O Lord, I confess that too often I am busy doing good works, but neglecting my quiet time with you. Help me to be quiet and still more so that I can love you and know you better. I'm sorry that when I pray, I do, not, I do all the talking and not enough listening to you. Forgive me, Father, for not loving my neighbor as much as I love myself. Create a compassionate heart in me that I might be your hands and feet taking care of the least of these. Our world is broken, Lord. Please help me to see others through your eyes of love and compassion. Father, forgive me when I begin to be anxious about my future. Help me to trust in your love and care by being anxious for nothing. I confess that I don't bring everything to you in prayer and supplication, but I often try to figure it out myself first. Help me to bring all my cares to you and to leave them at the foot of the cross. Father, forgive me for not being more burdened for lost souls in this world. I know that you don't want anyone to go to hell. Help me to hear your Holy Spirit, Lord, when you ask me to share the gospel with someone or to pray for someone. Change my heart, Lord, to be more broken for lost people. Lord, you said that if I have unforgiveness toward anyone for any reason that I won't be forgiven of my sins. Help me, Lord, to forgive quickly when I am offended and remind me to give forgive first because you forgave us first, Lord, when we were sinners and you died on the cross for our sins. Show me, Lord, if I have any unforgiveness in my heart toward anyone so that I might forgive them. Hear our prayers, Lord, and forgive us our debts as we are forgiven our debtors. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Peggy. So we've seen modeled for us now a prayer of adoration. We've seen modeled for us a prayer of confession. And then the third truth we see this morning is we should pray thanksgiving for the goodness of the Lord.
Adoration, confession, thanksgiving. There, there's a beautiful thing that happens in our prayer as we begin to, begin to follow this model. We, we adore Christ. We adore the Lord. We think about his glory and his holiness and his beauty and his power. We begin our prayer there. It puts us in a right frame of mind, puts us in proper perspective on our prayer. Then as we begin to move into the prayer of confession, we're reminded of who we are. We're reminded of our failures and of our sinners, of our sins. And we are put in this position of remembering and being mindful of Christ. If he's holy and I am not, what's the bridge that goes between here? It's Jesus. There's no way to reconcile the relationship with the Lord other than Christ. Can't do enough good things, can't say enough nice stuff, can't come to church enough times. Jesus builds this bridge. And so it leads us automatically to this place of thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your son. Thank you that you provided a way for me to have salvation. Thank you that you have established your kingdom. Thank you that you've forgiven me. On and on this list goes being mindful of Christ, being mindful of his goodness, being mindful of thanksgiving. So I want to do something with you right now. I want to kind of use this as just an opportunity to have kind of this this mental exercise, and, and you can pray right where you are, of course. But I want you just to close your eyes for a second or at least kind of... Uh, just kind of get into this place of, of, of um, thinking and, and reflecting a little bit on your own life. And I want you to begin just to think about very specifically the things that you are thankful for. The ways in which the Lord has blessed you. The ways in which the Lord has provided you. Just in your mind right now, just let's think about a few of those things. Just begin. And and so just with this mindset of thanksgiving, we're going to sing a song now that reminds us of the goodness of the Lord. And when we finish singing the song, Ben Comerford is going to come up and lead us in a prayer of thanksgiving. And during this song, ushers, if you'll go ahead and make your way down the front, we're going to receive the offering. And as we uh, sing the song together and are mindful of the goodness of the Lord and are thankful to Him, uh, it leads us to a place of giving and a place of celebration. And so, ushers, you make your way down forward and bend.
It's hard to move on to Thanksgiving. It's hard to get off the floor from confession. Father, as I borrow your oxygen to sing your praise, as the heart within me beats at your pleasure, I thank you that this hour I'm not alone, that you redeemed me as one. I stand in fellowship with a number of saints captivated and overwhelmed by what you've done in their life and not in our, just our little tabernacle on Highway 27 but in Mandarin and Russian, Spanish, Dutch, Japanese, French, 50 dialects of English. Your people all over this world lift their voices to you this morning. Father, I'm comforted by the fact that 
you do not need me. You don't need any of us. You're quite perfect without us. But this creation is your delight. And we are here out of your pleasure. And the highest joy that we'll ever realize in this life is knowing you intimately. And as a greater knowledge of you comes, more peace comes, more joy comes. Everyone in this audience at this very hour has clothes on their back and a roof over their head. And let us not take such things for granted. Father, I thank you that that you had a plan for my life before I was here, that I'm not running a maze of lostness, seeking a God that can't be found. But that you meet me in the quiet places and you show me your nature and that while we were yet sinners, a divine being who has always been, stepped out of heaven, put on a flesh suit, lived with men who had no idea who he was, and yet he had compassion and tenderness towards them. And when they saw him for who he was, they set the world on fire. So, Father, I'm thankful today. The God who cracked the Red Sea in half, the God who spoke all that is in the creation, the God who is outside of time and space, loves me, not just the church, me. And I'll always have all that I need to do all that you've asked me to do. all the ugly things that I've done in my life and unfortunately some of the ugly things I'm probably yet to do they were paid for a long time ago I love you prayer of thanksgiving and I want to just kind of finish up because I know we're low on time and I, I just want to be mindful of that as much as we can but it still allows much time to pray as we can so very quickly the final letter ACTS adoration confession thanksgiving supplication very simply we pray a prayer of supplication to the Lord for our needs uh, this is the one we're all pretty good at <laughs> this is the one we usually start with but there's a place we kind of go through in order to get to this place. And, and I hope within your heart right now, even, as you've kind of heard adoration and confession and thanksgiving, I really hope that your heart has even changed a little bit as to what you would ask for now, given the chance. Instead of beginning with just what we want and what we need, Christ tells us, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in verse 10. And then verse 11, give us this day our daily bread, not a prayer for extravagance or great things, simply a prayer that the Lord would give us our needs. 
And so we're going to have Cecilia Rollins come on up if she would, and she's going to pray for us a prayer of supplication. And then when she's finished, we're going to go right into an invitation. I'm going to ask the prayer team, come on up. I'm going to ask the prayer team if they would during the invitation to make their way across the front and stand, and then it's your opportunity at that point. I just want to encourage you, let's fill this place up with a time of prayer. There will people be down here to pray for you, to pray with you. I'll be down here as well. But let's listen as Cecilia prays for us a prayer of supplication and then join together in a time of invitation. Father God, we come to you today in your presence, Father, which is the greatest thing in our life. And we're able to come because you created in the very beginning mankind to work, to walk with you and to talk with you, to fellowship with you. And we'll never be content in this life. Nothing in this world will satisfy that in our hearts. And Father, because of Jesus, you restored that relationship back to you because our sin separated us. But he was willing to come. You were willing to give him up, to come and shed his blood so that we could come back to you. You would restore that relationship. And, oh, Father, what the greatest blessings as we come to you this morning. Father, your word says, come boldly to your throne room that we may obtain mercy and grace to help in time of need, Father. Oh, we need you. We're a desperate people. We need your help, Father. And, Father, you said, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And, Father, we diligently seek you today, my Father. Oh, we need you. Father, I wouldn't want to take one step without you, knowing that you are here with us and you cover over us, Father that you're our protector, and your word says that in your presence no foe can withstand. So we come to you today, my Father, and we thank you for that presence. Father, when Jesus walked upon this earth, he invited men to come. He said, come to me, and they would not. And there, it, your word says their houses were left desolate of the help of God. Father, we need you in our own lives, in our homes, in our church, in our nation, Father. So we come to you today and we diligently seek you. We cry out to you. And Father, today as the invitation goes forth, those that have needs today, Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, encourage them to come because you are here, Holy Spirit, to bring healing, Father. As we've said before, Jesus paid the price for healing emotional healing as well as physical healing there's so many hurts in the hearts and lives of your people father and if they would only come to you oh father be in your presence that peace that joy you are our refuge our fortress and our god in whom we lean on we rely and trust in you alone father so the invitation comes to us just to come to be in your presence, Father. We pray your presence fills this place today, Father. And Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit gives us a greater revelation of who you are today than we had yesterday. Every single one in this sanctuary today, Father, Holy Spirit, reveal who Jesus is to us. And as we study the Word of God, as our leaders have told us, Father, your Word brings revelation of you too, my Father. 
And as we have that revelation, Father, that we would share that with others that we come into contact with that are desperate, that have needs, Father, that only you can provide. So we thank you today that in your presence there's fullness of joy. There is peace because we can trust you, Father. You know everything you've said to us is for our good, Father. And that we we walk in love and obedience, Father, you will work everything out for good for us. And that's the peace and confidence in you. And, Father, I pray today for our marriages in this church, Father. Marriages is, is such a hard for my heart because I have seen the destruction that comes, Father, when marriages break apart. And you created marriage in the very beginning, Father. You said the two should become one so that they would have a godly offspring. And as parents and grandparents, our greatest desire is to see our children and our grandchildren to choose you and to serve you. And we declare today, as Joshua said, choose you this day whom you would serve but as for me and my house we will choose you and serve you and we pray that your presence your holy spirit the fruit of your spirit of love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness self-control fills our homes father and when your presence is there our children will walk with you too father and i pray for the husbands of this of these marriages, Father, that they would be the spiritual leaders of their home today, that they would love their wives and sacrifice for them. And I pray for the wives too, Father, that we would humble ourselves and submit to our husbands to respect them and honor them and to serve, Father. And that it's not about us, it's about you, Father, that we're willing to lay down the things, our selfishness in our own lives, Father, and come together, Father. For you're there to help us and give us the ability to do that, Father. So I ask you to bless every marriage that's here today. Encourage them, Father. There is a way. Your word teaches us how we're to do that, Father. And may we walk in obedience to that. And you would bless every marriage, every home, Father. Every need that they have, it comes from you today, my Father. And for our church, God, I pray today, Father, for unity in our church. Father, you prayed, or Jesus prayed, that the church would be one as he and the Father are one. May we have that oneness in our homes, our marriages, and in our church, Father, that we can walk in love and forgiveness, that we not harbor anything in our hearts, but let go and let you work. And it's it's all for your honor and for your glory, Jesus. And we pray that we would walk in love and for, uh, as, as, as a church, Father, that the love would be shown forth to our community and to others around, Father, that we are the house of God and that we love one another. You created the church. How blessed we are to have one another, Father, to encourage. Oh, we all need that encouragement, Jesus, from each other. So I ask you uh, for in our church, Father, that we would come together in you. We thank you for our leaders, every one of our pastors, Father. Bless them. Continue to lead them through your Holy Spirit and the Word of God as they feed us the truth, Father. And I pray you would bless their marriages and their homes, Father. Protect them, Father, and provide for all of their needs, Jesus. And then I pray for our nation. How desperately we need you in our nation, Father. You said to pray for the leaders 
And I pray for every single leader in this nation today, Father. I pray you would raise up godly men and women that would be willing to serve, Father. That, Father, you would turn our hearts back to you, that we would be one nation under God. But, Father, bring the body of Christ together, Father, to serve. And, Father, to reach out to others. And that people would care more about your standard than money and power, Father. Oh, we just thank you that you are the source for everything we need in our lives today, Father. May we honor you in in everything that we would say and do. And as it says, Father, your kingdom, for you are the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So be it, Lord Jesus. Amen. Stand with us as we have a time of invitation. Our prayer team is going to be down front. You can come and pray with them. Pray with me. This is your time to respond as we sing together this morning. Oh, Lord Jesus, turn your eyes upon me. For I know there is mercy in your sight. The statutes of my heritage forever. My heart is set on keeping your Still my anxious urge toward rebellion Let love keep my will upon its knees Oh God, you are my God And I will ever praise you
know it's running late, but man, if you need to come pray, let's just come pray. Don't 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 hold up. Don't don't let peer pressure keep you from coming down. If there's something you need to give to the Lord and you want to pray right now, there are people standing by that would love to pray for you. Don't walk out of here without getting that right with the Lord.
sing together as we finish up this morning. Let's sing together. Send us out now, Lord, into the world, remembering this model, remembering the importance of what we should be doing, remembering this moment, Father, and how you spoke to so many. We love you and we praise you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Use us to accomplish great things for your kingdom. We'll give you the praise and the honor and the glory for everything that you do. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming. Have a great day. We'll see you back next Sunday morning. Thank you for joining today's sermon. We would love to hear how today's message blessed you. Use the Contact Us link on our website at rosemontchurch.org. God bless.